Uh, Benji writes, I love the pot, especially ripping Pete the shreds over the pitch clock. Uh, you know, I'm sorry. That's what he wrote. That's ridiculous. It's get, is this a hate? Is this all just hate, hate mail about me? Love Nobody festival, hates hate you. Nobody hates you. They disagree <laughs> with you. There's a big difference between that. Not one person has said they hate Pete Hawkman. They just disagree with you. Benji, I'm taking it personal. I totally agree with you that the players absolutely abused our beautiful sport, which led us to the institution of the clock. They absolutely did it to themselves, and I 100% agree that something needed to be done to restore the game. By the way, before I continue, do you not agree with that? That basic statement, that premise that they did this. This is the player's fault. They abused the time in between pitches to the point where we needed to have legislation. Yes, I think someone compared the Javi Baez, not Javi Baez, um, Pedro Baez. I think they showed like him throwing one pitch compared to someone having three outs in an inning, and they it was ridi- it was ridiculous that they no, took no, no, so no. long. I will tell you exactly what it was. You you got the story half right. So there's a clip. I think Barstool put it out. Great job by them of the time between pitches Pedro Baez had to David Ross in the NLCS, and in that time. How many inside the park home runs did Jose Altuve have? They show an Altuve inside the park home run and keep replaying it to see how many of them are there before Bias throws a pitch. And the answer is seven. (laughs) Seven seven inside the park home runs. I mean, it's a place with Altuve running. He's very fast. He's very, very fast. (laughs) And Bias is very, very slow. Uh, but here's Benji's point. It's actually not about the pitch clock. He just wanted to, to to take a shot at you. Do you think the same logic should apply to the shift ban? It bothers me to know when the players never change their approach against the shift. You mentioned Vogie getting a couple of hits to the right side, and that seems like a similar abuse. Baseball was never intended to be a power all-or-nothing sport, just like it was never intended to have a clock. Yet baseball kind of just threw up their arms and banned the shift in favor of these lumbering lefties. They abused the game, but they got rewarded. The Familias and Nomars abused and are now punished. Reward the McNeils, not the Gallows. Your thoughts? I, I, I get what you're saying. And in theory, I don't like the shift ban. I don't like it in theory. But now I have to be fair about what the results are. And I have to be fair about what it does to the game. And if it raises batting averages, which has been going down steadily for a long time, is that bad for the game? I mean, you tell me. Uh, Was it bad for the game as a viewer to see a ball ripped in the right field and then, oh, look, there's the third baseman playing in short right? By the way, everyone should answer this how they want. I'm asking you the questions to decide for yourself. I'll give you my opinions. Was it bad for the game when there was a line drive up the middle that we all assumed was a base hit and the shortstop was standing right there? I don't know if that was bad for the game, but it sucked. Like, it was frustrating. Like, I didn't love it. So my my issue with the shift ban is I don't like the theory of the shift ban. I don't like the fact that we have to do this. But the ramifications may be good. Like, the game may be better. It may be better to see left-hand hitters get those kinds of singles that we saw 20 years ago and for there to be more base hits in the game. That may be a good thing because 
I don't know what you can do. I have one idea, and it's not my idea. Ernie Acosta, our former producer of the Midday Show, had the idea. So I'll give him credit. But what can you do to say, stop swinging for the fences? What can you do? You can't tell people to have a different approach. But what can you legislate that makes guys not swing for the fences? And the idea Ernie always had was make ballparks bigger. You know, if it's 480 to center field, trust me, you ain't swinging for the fences. You're not because you can hit it 430 and it's run down by the center fielder. I think for a myriad of reasons that will never happen. I don't think we're ever going to go back to like the old polar grounds or the old Yankee stadium where you could hit the ball 500 feet. But Ernie's right. A, it'd be more exciting because we'd have more doubles and triples, which is, I think, one of the most exciting things in baseball. And you would somehow convince some sluggers that you can't swing for the fences. You can't swing for the fences if it's 450 away. But that's never going to happen. So I don't like the theory of the shift ban, but I am willing to admit that the results may be a net positive for the game of baseball. So deep thought conversation, maybe not for today, but... If the impact of the shift is that much where it does open up and batting averages start to go, you know, skew and trend upwards, how would you take this, this, I guess, generation of shift baseball and affect that for Hall of Famers? I don't know. Every era is different. You know, it's, it's, you almost have to look at every era in its own prism. I love that we compare players from the 70s to the 2000s, the 2000s to the 2020s. I I don't know. I, I think we just have to look at it on its own. This guy's very upset with me, so Pete will be very happy. Uh, his name is Noah, and it's our final Rico email. And, of course, you could email us to RicoB at gmail.com. He's so mad he won't call me by my name. He says, hello, sir. Hello, sir. On the pitch clock debate, I watched over the weekend and I watched today. I hate the pitch clock. It takes away the one thing that makes baseball different from the other major sports. It had no clock. Its pace was set entirely by its pitcher and its hitter. Now its pace is dictated from the outside. In addition to messing with the fundamental character of the game, it actually feels different to me when I watch it. There's a sense of tension as the clock gets to zero. Maybe some people like that tension. For me... One of the central appeals of baseball is we did uh, – hold on. For me, one of the central appeals of baseball has always been that it didn't have it. But I want to respond to another point parroted not just by you, but pretty much everyone who supports the pitch clock, and that's that the game is much longer now than it used to be. I hear folks ask, do you really enjoy a a three-and-a-half-hour game? First of all, yes. Second of all, that's not how long games are. In 2022, the average game length was three hours and six minutes. In 2020, it was three hours and six minutes. In 2016, it was three hours and four minutes. In 2013, it was three hours and four minutes. So over the last 10 years, it basically hasn't changed. Go back a little further and you see a little shorter of a game. In 2009, it was 255. In 2005, it was 245. Then again, in the year 2000, it was 301, just five minutes shorter than it was last year. So when people complain that the length of the game has gotten out of control in recent years, I have to ask the question, what the bleep are you talking about? How about that? How about that? He came after us. First of all, I don't think those numbers are accurate. 
Um, and I'm going to give you the numbers because I think it's very important to have the accurate numbers. I had it up on my tablet. Now I lost it. Um, not you uh, say something about uh, how right he is while I find the uh, actual well, he, numbers. He 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 is right if those numbers are correct. That would make sense that um that we're wrong. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but I, listen, I, I appreciate the fact that he's there is a major difference in a half hour game. Like the the fact that the game is three oh five, he says, and now they're two thirty. I mean, that is a, that is a huge difference, and attention span today is totally different, especially with kids. And that's what that's what baseball's trying to skew to is is a younger generation. So I understand. I like the fact that there was no time limit in baseball, or there's no time at all. But I do expect respect that they're yeah. trying to to skew younger. All right, so here are the numbers. He he is right about one thing, and that is over the last 10 years, baseball has been a long game. And I, I don't think I've ever disputed that, that this started in the last decade. Like, this is not something that started in 2019. He's right, or 2018. It's It's been a over three-hour game every year since 2013. And it's varied between three hours and four minutes, three hours and seven minutes, three hours, three hours and eight minutes. The longest it was was actually 2021, where it was three hours and 11 minutes. Okay. And last year was three hours and six minutes. But where he is wrong is that before that, before that kind of consistent decade we've just had, in 2011, it was 256. In 2009, it was 255. In 2005, it was two hours and 49 minutes. Uh, there was a 2000. He's right. It was three hours. I think the difference, though, to answer that is all the offense that was being scored. Like, I think the reason those games were longer was very different than the length of game from this past year, where we weren't seeing a lot of offense. Uh, 1999, 257. 1998, 252. Like you had it kind of sitting in that 250 range. Uh, then you go into the 80s and it goes even 245, 239 in 1984. So I don't think I've ever said that incorrectly. Uh, maybe he's interpreted that wrong. But yeah, the last decade is really where this started. That's why a couple of days ago, and I haven't said this on the Rico, but I certainly said it on the uh, afternoon show is I went back through some big moments in baseball history, those drama-filled moments, to look at the time in between pitches. And I didn't just do like Mookie Wilson in 86, which I did do, but I did Edgar Renteria's game-winning hit in 1997, Luis Gonzalez's game-winning hit in 2001, uh, Mike Piazza making the last out against Mariano in 2000. And what I found interesting is in those moments I picked, the pitch clock wouldn't have been an issue. Like it was 12 seconds. It was 14 seconds. Like it wasn't like, oh my God, you took away the drama. It were 40 seconds. Now, Pete and I talked about this off air. We have a little dispute on the Mookie at bat because it was a 10 pitch at bat. And before the first pitch, it definitely took a while. And before the last pitch, there was a delay where I think, believe it or not, there was a meeting at the mound with Bob Staley. So, I kind of disqualify those two because I don't know. Like, it's not as if it wasn't Stanley stepping off. There were were meetings on the mound. But on those other eight pitches, it was nine seconds, 12 seconds, eight seconds, 14 seconds. And this is with a guy on base, two guys on base. So the limit's 20 seconds. So those moments weren't affected necessarily. 
But yeah, if I went back to 2013, we'd have an issue because that's what's been going on. It's been going on for a decade. Like I'm not implying that this problem started two years ago. It started a decade ago. It's been a decade of consistency. And if you go back prior to 2013, the numbers bear out. The game was 10 minutes quicker, 12 minutes quicker. And by the way, that may not sound significant. It's significant because those 10 minutes were dead time. That's what caused it. And by the way, going back earlier, there was more offense. So the games were quicker and more runs were being scored. I know that you said you singled out Mike Hargrove as as being the culprit of why games take take forever because he was more what does he call it human rain delay or something like that. Right. But yep. I I do think I the the two teams that I think really started this trend. It's really when they played each other was the Red Sox and the Yankees. I remember throughout two thousands because again I have a lot of Yankee uh, family members in my family that are just Yankee fans and whatnot. And watching those series, just a regular season game going four hours long, like consistently, consistently. And I think that trend just started to pick up. And that was early 2000s. What is going to be crazy about this is that if the average game, let's say it's 240, like the pitch clock makes the average baseball game two hours and 40 minutes, you would have to go back to 1983 to find a season where the games averaged at two hours and 40 minutes. So, and, but, but the other thing is if it goes down to like 225, then you got to go down to like 1971. But I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, sometimes things from the past are bad and sometimes things from the past is actually pretty good. And considering we are not living in this era of a million runs being scored, like, for example, just to, to bring up that point about 2000, because 2000 was a year where it was over three hours, there were 10.28 runs per game. That was the amount of runs per game, 10.28. Last year was 8.57. Like that, that's significant. That's almost two runs a game, or really a run and a half a game. That's a big, big dip. So the reason why those games were three hours is because there were a lot of runs. Um. I do like hearing, though, the other side of this, whether it's you, Pete, or anybody on email, because I think it's a no-brainer. I think it's freaking awesome. So when I hear other people disagreeing, I do find it fascinating. But we appreciate the emails. You can email us about anything Mets-related or baseball-related at thericob at gmail.com. We appreciate you listening. Obviously, you can check me out during the week, 2 o'clock on the fan, Pete producing Tiki and Tyranny during the week, 10 a.m. on the fan. Thank you for downloading, reviewing, and listening to Rico Bronia. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.